Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Tech Espresso Cafe. This is Jacqueline Sanders, and I'm here tonight with David Blackman. Hi, everyone. And, uh, you know, it's it's been a while since we've been together. I guess our busy schedules, we've been going in different directions, but uh, you always had the one or the other of us hosting one of our uh, episodes. But we've come together on this weeknight. There's another thing that's uh, unique about this, uh, to bring you this episode. And this is a special uh, episode. This is the uh, kickoff edition, I'm going to say, <laughs> of a series called Mentor Me. Um, and the idea came to me because, in fact, David and I are both approached when people say, will you mentor me or can you mentor me? And and people have a particular situation or scenario. And a lot of times people need just-in-time mentoring. They don't need the full gamut. A lot of times they have one situation or scenario that they're really struggling with that's either holding them back from a promotion or being effective in their role. Um, And what I find is the different problems or scenarios that people bring to David and I, um, other people have the same challenges. So, you know, I felt like let's share the knowledge and so that our listeners, and, and we're so proud of our listenership, is up to 14,000 right now and, and growing on a regular basis. But um, I'm sure of our listeners, someone else is going to be able to relate to our topic. And these are very real topics given to us just by people who run into us at various networking events uh, and programs that we present, and they say, hey, will you mentor me, and here's my issue or problem. So we have a very special one tonight, but but I know you want to jump in, too, and talk about that. Well, I wanted to say thank you, Jacqueline, and I wanted to say it takes a lot of courage from the people that we engage and the people that are asking us, mentor them, to present these issues that they're having. Not everyone can present an issue like that, something that they are struggling with, and ask for help. So a lot of um, kudos goes out to those individuals that reach out to us. No, absolutely, that's a that's a good point. And and you know, on the other end, there may be someone listening uh, uh, to today's episode, and they may not think that they have this problem. 
But in fact, maybe people are whispering uh, behind their back. Maybe even uh, it's coming across maybe when they're getting reviews, their manager is giving them feedback. And, um, or you just may be stuck and, and can't figure out why can't you, uh, why are you being passed over or why aren't you getting the, the highest marks when it comes to reviews or why aren't you getting picked for certain jobs and projects and that type of thing. So listen closely because either tonight's topic or any of our upcoming topics, when you see in uh, the description, Mentor Me, you know it's going to be a discussion about a particular issue or problem from someone very real in the industry that is struggling with a, a problem. And, and one of the things I'll also point out, for example, tonight's issue is can you be too nice? And, and the, the interesting thing, and, and David and I uh, talked a little bit before the show, it can apply to any role. It just so happens that, uh, in particular, the person who approached me first about this particular issue was in the role of the project manager. And I, I just picked up on that because as a project manager, um, a lot of times you are responsible for deadlines and, and budgets and uh, just the overall success of the project. You're held accountable for that. Even if sometimes you don't have that much power uh, over the people that you're actually, uh, re you have to rely on for the success of the project. And, and David, you're a, a project manager. I also have been in project management and TMP certified. So we, we both can speak from that spot. But at the same time, I do think the the issue of being too nice can uh, affect some people and stifle some people's career no matter what you're doing. So that's our topic. It's about being too nice. Can you be too too nice as a, a project manager? Is there anything you want to add to that as far as from your perspective and, and the whole topic and issue? Yes, what we're going to uh, – thank you, Jacqueline. What we're going to touch on today is the impact to the projects and the programs that you are managing um, and how your, uh, your attitude and your personality is going to get results because the bottom line is that you want results. You want to be effective. You want to deliver uh, the information. Project managers are managers of information, and we need to get that information from our various resources. And sometimes it's by hook or crook. And I'm not, I'm not above uh, bribery uh, to, to get that information. And sometimes your attitude uh, uh, plays into that and how you present yourself. Uh, uh, being too nice or being too negative or 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 or, uh, or mean. I've heard a lot of those about my about myself. But the bottom line was I was effective. So stay tuned. You're going to get a lot of information on this topic, and hopefully it'll help empower you moving forward to deliver. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's easy to call out uh, of people. You know, we've seen a lot of times. Um, PMs, and we often call them type A personalities. Uh, that person can be kind of uh, aggressive, in your face, and, and that type of thing. And when I hear someone say, well, um, I'm too nice, what they're comparing themselves is to the other polar opposite, this person who's the other extreme. 
and what I what I dare say is that there's a balance. Um, if you're one extreme or the other, too nice or too mean, that's not good. It's not effective. One of the things I often say is a sign of a good project manager is that the people who work for you, when the project's over, they'll follow you to your next project. If after the project's over, you all go your separate ways and never, and no one ever wants to, you know, speak or work with you again um, or avoiding you then you might want to figure out, is it your style? You could be, like I said, one of those extremes. So today's show we're going to talk about the extreme of being too nice. We could do a whole other hour or even more about being the other extreme. But one of the things that I, I say to the listener who's saying, okay, I'm that person that's too nice, don't assume that you've suddenly got to become that mean, ogre, aggressive person. I literally, I've, I've coached people, I've taught people, they're just, they don't even raise their voice. They just are soft-spoken, so to speak. But that doesn't mean that you can't command a room, command respect. Um, and there's other things that you can do to still make sure that you're respected and your presence is known. Um, and, and one of the things, this is something one of my mentors actually says to me often, is that, you know, respect and power aren't given. In some cases, you have to go out there and claim that. You have to claim and you have to manage how people treat you. So you take some of that ownership. People just aren't going to, some people think that, if I keep being nice, they'll come around. And that's not necessarily the case. Sometimes you've got to lay down the law, you've got to set those boundaries, and you've got to regulate and manage how people treat you, how they perceive you, your your perception. So this is the first thing I say, I say is you first have to check yourself before you expect the world around you to change. And just for, you know, everybody to do their job because you're nice. And that's what they're supposed to do. You've got to do some, some um, I think, soul searching and some evaluation. And, and I mean, anything that, that you want to add to that, that area? Yes, uh, project management, it, it's, it's, it's a practice in itself, but it's part psychology as well. Uh, you have to be able to basically manipulate people to give you the information you need. You have to corner them verbally uh, uh, with the uh, expectation. Uh, If they're not giving it to you, if it's not ready when you're asking for it, then ask them when they can give it to you. So you corner them and position them to give you um, a deliverable date. And that date, they should be held accountable for that date. You have to develop an escalation path as well if your resources aren't meeting your expectations. So there are ways you 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 don't have to carry this entire issue of lack of either lack of respect or lack of responses from your resources all on your on your own. It's not about you. It's many times it's about the resources that you're working with. So if you have an effective escalation path and support of leadership that can uh, support your position if needed, maybe once or twice, but 
but not on a consistent basis throughout the length of a project, then you will uh, you'll find that you have that support, and you will in turn be more confident and maybe not be so nice, but be more professional as as if you're not begging for the information. If you're if you're begging for it, then many times your resources are going to hold back. And a couple of good points there um, that, that I want to emphasize, which it, it is good to know kind of your chain of command and, and escalating, but at the same time, especially if you're someone that um, is on that nice end, you shouldn't have to regularly go to your managers um, and you're, you regularly escalate. That's not, that shouldn't be a tool that you have to rely on because your manager is going to start to wonder if you're always coming and escalating to some extent that occurs because you're avoiding the confrontation and that's another symptom of that being too nice. People who typically are characterized as being too nice, they are also the same people who don't like to confront the issue. Whereas in fact, you have to get very comfortable with the fact that confrontation is a good thing. Again, that's your mindset. You've got to work your mindset. There's nothing wrong with confrontation. And as a matter of fact, you can confront things nicely. Um, but by doing so, what you're doing is you're addressing a potential problem before it does escalate. That is your job. Your job isn't to find problems and then to quick to, to run a path. If there's you know a uh, pattern in the carpet from your desk into your boss's office, then you're not being effective. And keep that in mind. Being effective, as a matter of fact, I think it's, it's part of our description and even in the title. It's about you being effective, you adding value, and your role as a project manager, right there in the definition is a problem solver. To solve the problem, in some cases, in a lot of cases, you're going to have to confront the, the problem. So find a way, regardless of what your personality is, is to get the issue out on the table. Don't let it fester. And as a matter of fact, tell yourself, if you let it fester, it will only get worse, and it will really start to get uncomfortable. So tell yourself, to, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, uh, one quote I saw, rush to confront an issue. Because if, without rushing to confront an issue, all it's going to do is fester, snowball, and then it becomes even bigger. And so if you think it's uncomfortable um, before it festers, imagine what it will snowball into and, and your discomfort there. So... That's just one of the things. The, the other thing, something that you mentioned, too, is to some extent, and, and again, it's your mindset. When you talk about working with people, what, what you're looking for is a win-win situation. I know that's a cliche, but you're looking at how to motivate people. And um, to some extent, manipulation, you use the word manipulation, Think of it as the highest form of motivating someone. Um, so it, it, it's a combination of a lot of different things. But find out what 
important to that person, what drives that person, and then also um, use some of your skills as far as being a cheerleader for the project. If we do this, you know, if we do this, we're going to get big recognition. If we do this, you know, we're going to have the choice for the next project. If we do this as a team and, and we meet this goal, then the next project, our, our voices will be heard and recognized and um, some of our recommendations will be respected. Um, that's some of my motivation, for example. So um, when a good project manager for me or, or even my manager is, these are the catchphrases that motivate me to want to do the right thing. You've got to find, you know, you've got to lead kind of that battle cry to your team, uh, that thing that inspires them to do the right thing, inspiring them. And, you know, you, you said jokingly, sometimes uh, I've had people where it's chocolate cake that inspires them. It's cupcakes on Friday. Like you said, you know, I'm not above bribing. But, you know, it's that motivation that, uh, and like I said, the extreme version of motivation is manipulation. But, but clearly, find out how to keep motivating your team to do the right thing. But you have to do it, and, and this is something you said, you have to do it without you coming across as groveling or begging or them doing your favor. You're motivating them to do the right thing for the good of the, their job, their project, as a professional, um, as a member of the team, and, and, and let them know that they need to do this for those reasons. They need to do that out of respect for the other team members. Um, those are the things that you need to come. Those are your bargaining chips when you come to them. Um, the minute you start groveling or you, you come across as you're doing a favor, um, then you're kind of putting yourself already in a position uh, where they have a, a power. Yeah. Like, well, if I like you, I'll do it. If I don't like you, I won't. And there's a big difference, and this is where you have to separate yourself on the job. When you go to work every day, not everybody has to like you. They need to respect you. They need to respect you as a professional. And they need to respect your role. If your role is project manager, there is someone of leadership that's assigned you that role, and they need to respect you in that role. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, you are going to run across several types of personalities when, you, uh, uh, when you're managing a project. You will have some that are introverts, uh, some that never show up to your meetings, uh, but you are still held accountable for that information. So you'll have to leverage that uh, that person uh, and, and, and manage that situation. You may have to engage that individual prior to the project team meeting and get their deliverable so you can speak to that deliverable and move the project through when everyone else is there. That doesn't mean they're a bad person. They're a great worker. They're still there with the company. So you have to manage that situation and get what you need out of that individual and keep the project moving along. Because they're not at the meeting doesn't mean they don't want to be a part of the project or they disrespect you. It's not personal. It could be about them. So engage them on the front end, get the information, 
and keep the project moving. Absolutely. And, and, and that is, uh, I want to tie it to your homework. Those who are listening on this call, if you struggle with this issue, with this program, with this problem, um, your homework is to go and find books and materials about different personality types. Um, there's one that I particularly like. It, it has to do with the corporate uh, zoo, they call it. And they, they classify different personality types uh, based on different types of animals. And it tells you how the different animals interacting or animal-like personalities interacting together, how to manage them when you have these different personalities on a, a team. You know, in, in the wild, in, in you know, nature, natural kingdom, um, you wouldn't have a hyena playing with a giraffe, playing with a zebra. You wouldn't have them on a team, you know, having to work together to make something successful. But in our corporate world, we're often put together with very different personalities. Um, and those people who are in IT or uh, technology, you, you know very clearly that the, the personality traits of a tester are different than the personality traits of a BA. They're different than the personality traits of a developer. And yet we bring all those personalities together, and they have to make a team um, and, and they're necessary for a project to be successful. Um, so to be, I think, to, for, for a project manager, it's very important for you to understand personalities, personality types. And embedded in that homework assignment is getting to know your personality type too, understanding what is it that makes you uh, that nice, makes you too nice. And some people will say underlying is some people want to be liked. They don't want to make anyone mad. And again, the first thing that you're going to have to coach yourself on is that I don't go to work to be liked. I go to work to be respected. I want to say that uh, respected and effective. Those are the words I want to, to hear people saying uh, when they're referring to me you know, as, as far as my role. Now, I, and not everybody can, but I have no problem compartmentalizing who I am when I'm in my role. We can laugh and joke and we, we can even go to lunch or whatever the case may be and afterwards or, or sometimes it's not to after the project we can go out for drinks. But at some point in time, I can separate the yeah. two. It's nothing personal. But we're gonna we gotta make this goal, we gotta make this deadline, or we gotta, you know, give this customer what they want. So we can disagree all we want, but from one professional to another. And and this is something that I, I you know, I learned over the years because, you know, I've gone through I've been in the industry twenty five years, so in my twenties I may not have been as good as controlling it. In my 30s, I was still working on it. Now that as, as I get older and more mature, I think that I understand that there's a lot of people that on the job that you don't agree with their work style. But it doesn't mean, and you said this too, it doesn't mean that they're lazy or that they're stupid or they're incompetent. In some cases, they're very passionate, but they just might have a different style 
or way of getting to things that's different from you. Yeah. You know, so, um, I mean, I've seen a lot of different quirks and, and, and personalities, and, and some things that came across as attitude, and sometimes that face-to-face conversation, I found out that it wasn't what I perceived it to be. It just was their style, mm-hmm. you know. And, and that's where reading the personality books, I, I took a great seminar, and it, it ironically was with DDPA, and a person talked about um, how type A managers, teaching type A managers, which are typically people who um, are, you know, kind of have that, that alpha trait, they're extroverts, you know, that type of thing, how to manage an introvert. And she told me something, and once she told me and I observed it, she was absolutely right. I had a person that would come to my meeting, and during the meeting, he never really spoke up. You know, we'd be brainstorming and, and, and trying to figure things out, and he just maybe had his, his eyes down. He, he might be gazing off into space, and I just thought, he, he just doesn't have a clue. I'm going to be a, I just thought, what, what is wrong with him? I, I don't need him. But he would catch me in the hall sometimes the hour after the meeting, maybe even the next day, and he said, well, you know, I was thinking. And, and, and he'd give me a suggestion or an idea. When she explained introvert, um, she totally nailed him and his characteristics. That intro, where an extrovert, we can just start firing off things and, and we're comfortable with being uncomfortable and maybe being a little silly and everybody not agreeing with them. That introvert needs to well inform their ideas. They, they've got to sleep on something and they've got to choose their words very, very carefully. Then they're ready to speak. And so I have to respect his style because he, he had it many years with the, the company and, um, you know, had value. So what I have to practice is Try to find value in everybody on your team and try to find ways to pull that out of them, you yeah. know. That that always works. I had, a, as an example, uh, one of my resources, uh, they, were, they were kind of young, so they weren't so uh, engaged and attentive uh, uh, to the meeting. So I had an individual conversation with them and emphasize how important their role was. And basically, I empowered him. And from that point on, he was more engaging and more helpful because he had a lot to offer. He was a lead, the lead of that individual team, but he didn't act like the lead. But once I gave him that power, that information was just flowing. Other, other team members, when they ran into issues that had a small tie-in to his role, be forthcoming with suggestions and information. So that seemed to work for him. Absolutely, absolutely. Let's continue on because as we we talk about it, we'll talk about this couple things I want to recap. Your mindset, rethink, you know, your whole mindset around work and around people having to like you. That's important. Um, There are ways to be assertive, to be, um, you know, to be tough, quite honestly. There are ways to even say no to people, but to do it nicely, to do it in an empathetic way. Um, but at some point, you do, you can't go through your whole career avoiding what we talk about, confrontations, uh, disagreements, 
or saying no. So find find that way in your own style, but know that there are times you have to say no. And sometimes you just have to practice no just because you've got to set boundaries. Um, I, you know, it, it's important to listen and, and to hear people out, um, but you also have to know how to set that boundary. Um, and, and, and I'll give you an example because this relates to actually the person who approached me when they said, you know, mentor me. You know, she has a soft heart, so when someone needs to take off for a child and, and a, a, you know, for a family member or whatever the case may be, they can't say no. So, but now people have figured out that she won't say no. So every time she turns around, there's some reason why someone uh, has to work from home, why they can't uh, make a deadline, you know. And they always have a good story. They, you know, it, 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 it's always something that she doesn't want to question them and, she wants to uphold the company's work-life balance. But at the same time, then we have to say to ourselves, you don't want to be the doormat, okay? So at some point, you've got to draw the line between when people start taking advantage of you. So just as much as, uh, you know, in, in this particular situation, the company does not have a work-at-home policy. But she says, on average, every person on her team, at least one day out of the week, is work, working from home. They have some reason. So she actually has the obligation to the company as well as far as upholding the rules. I And, and, and I'll give you an example is that, you know, Obviously, especially there's a reason why the company does not have that policy. And if one manager is letting their resources habitually violate that, that policy, then there's an inconsistency. And that could then, you know, cause other residual uh, effects. So one of the things you have to do is that that's a prime example where it's worth a conversation. It's worth a conversation, um, bringing them in a room and talking about it, the, you know, um, the, the impact, and also in letting them know that um, everybody has to also learn how to manage so that, because everybody has things that, you know, uh, with family and children and so on and so forth, but that everybody has to be better managers of their time. Um, and so that's, that's one of those examples where you're going to have to, uh, I love this quote, lean into the discomfort. You know it, what you may feel is a hard conversation, but at the same time, don't get yourself so worked up because I'm going to be honest, these people probably know this conversation is coming. <laughs> yeah. They know better than you yeah. that they've been playing you like a fiddle. They're what, waiting for yeah. They've been playing you like a fiddle. Mm -hmm. So they're probably thinking to themselves, well, she finally she finally put her foot down. You know, it, it, it finally, you know, came back to bite us, you know, that type of thing. So uh, sometimes you work yourself up thinking how hard this conversation is going to be. 
but I've often gone into conversations because I've had to have some very hard conversations, even where I had to put people on uh, performance plans, and I've even had to fire a fair number of people. But one of the things that I do to kind of uh, kind of uh, assure myself or, or to, to, to go in there confidently is that they kind of push me to that point. So I'm having this conversation because of something that has driven me to this. I wish we didn't have to have this conversation, but I think it's very important that we have this conversation. And then, then I go over it. And, then, and, and the one thing I will say to that person who it, it's not natural to them, it's okay to write a script for yourself. It, it's, it's perfectly okay. One of the things actually I would say to that person who's a nice person, you've got to do a little extra homework and preparation, whether it's meetings or it's one-on-one. -on -one. Because for you, it's not as easy for you to fly off the cuff. Uh, because when you do just let things kind of happen naturally, you're going to fall at, back to your role of being too nice. Whereas if you have it written out exactly what you want to cover, and if that person starts taking you off the subject, you can go back to your piece of paper. You can go back to your script. That's going to be very important to you. It's going to be very important when you have meetings and you know that there may be uh, some politics or uh, some friction in the meeting, have a strong agenda. Um, you know, be ready to, when they go off subject or um, if someone uh, starts steering, ramp, yeah, Go ahead. Oh, I was about to say, if they start to ramble, um, different types of projects, whether they're highly technical or highly political at the executive level, people can tend to ramble into their own area of expertise. And you may have to step in and grab the situation and say, well, let's take that conversation offline. And that'll put a that could, not but mo the majority of the time, that can put a stop to the ramble and allow you to regain control of the of the meeting. Um, so another way is if you're not getting the information you're looking for and you're stuck, you could easily ask that individual, "How can I help you? How can I help you get that information? Uh, or what do you need?" move forward. So these key phrases, you can write some of these phrases down and have them at your ready uh, when you're in the meeting, especially if you're on a conference call, everyone is geographically dispersed. You're going to run into these types of situations. You will not be able to walk down the hall and stand at someone's desk until they give you what you need. You may have to have a conversation offline to discuss the issue a little further and you move on with your project. And that, that's a good point. You you mentioned people rambling in meetings, but I also want to say people sometimes also come with their own agendas. So they walk in the meeting knowing that they're going to either take you, steer you off topic, um, get everyone distracted, you know, filibuster, whatever the case may be. Um, in, in some cases I've seen where people get down into the minutia or they get too technical anything to get you off of what everyone has come there to 
together for. And that's why I said you want to have a an agenda. You want to use steer everybody by the agenda. And the only time you go off of the agenda is if everybody in the room agrees that the other topic that has come up is more important than what's on the agenda. Otherwise, you're, you're not being respectful of the people you've invited to the meeting because they've come ready and prepared to cover the things in your agenda, and yet there's one person that may be taking your meeting. And, and that, that leads to a, a very special area, too. Let's talk about meetings. Uh, when we talk about being too nice, one of the earmarks of being too nice, do people come in and take over your meeting? Um, when your meeting is over, are you finding that you're not completing the action items that you intended to complete in that meeting? Uh, and then therefore that means there's a second meeting and there's a third meeting. And for some reason, you're not driving things to conclusion. And that's the key word. You're not driving them to conclusion. Instead, someone else is taking the wheel and, and, and taking your car and your meeting off in their own direction. That's a big hazard because once you've lost control of your meetings, that feeds into your reputation overall. So one of the first places you want to start especially if you've been one of those people who've been tagged as being too nice, is making sure that you can gain control and keep control of your meeting. That's, that, that's the, the, the first place you want to start. And like I said, that's whether you make sure you set your agendas up front, have a cheat sheet and a kind of a script of some go-to phrases that you can use during the meeting, just like what David said, where you can say, hey, let's take that offline, let's put that in the parking lot, um, that's off topic, that's not on the agenda, let's get back to the agenda. That's just a, a few. Just keep having those go-to phrases. Um, and, and I want to say one more note, and, and then, David, if there's anything you want to chime in, that is also something that... I encourage the, the people I work with a lot are business analysts. And I said, if you're soft-spoken or for whatever reason in, in past meetings uh, you, you've lost control of a meeting and you want to get reestablish yourself and reestablish your style, one of the things that I said is actually set up the room so that you can stand up in front of the audience. Sometimes because of your, your voice or your projection, um, sitting down isn't good. Now, I have a very strong voice, you can tell, from this, from this radio show. Um, so I might be able to sit down. I had a particular person on my team, uh, and it, it was a gentleman. And when he spoke, I told him to stand up and get everyone's attention. Um, and he did that a, a couple of times and saw how effective it was. He got a whole different because all eyes were on him. Whether it's if you are doing it just so you're writing things on the board, pointing to things on the board, do something where you're physically standing above everyone else. When And, and the last thing, I'll, I'll give an example. When I'm going into a new environment, because I've, had, I've done a lot of consulting, these are new people that I don't know. I'm always the first one in the room, and I make sure that I shake each person's hand. I establish myself, my presence, um, by shaking their hand. And, of course, 
it's important to have that firm handshake. Um, but I'm establishing myself. I'm, I'm making an impression right up front. These are, again, these are some of the tips that you do, whether it's with body language, um, whether it's with these catchphrases, and whether it's with preparation, because you want to own and command attention, that room, that respect. Start. Well, before I go into my thoughts, I just wanted to uh, let everyone know that we are here at Tech, Tech Expresso Radio, and this is the inaugural edition of Mentor Me, Episode 1. And the topic here is, are you too nice to be an effective project manager in some way, shape, or form? And these are all good, good points and good topics. Luckily for our listening audience, this will be archived, and anyone can play this back numerous times to write down these little points of information and suggestions that may help you keep your projects on track and maybe even help you change your change a little bit because you you have to look inside first before you expect a different result from your resources in a project, whether it's at the executive level or at a more technical level. Um, Google, uh, let me add this. If you Google the psychology of project management, you'll see a list, a host of books, topics that you can click on and read and help empower you to engage people more and get the results that you're looking for and the results that your executives are looking for. It's not about being nice or being mean. It's about being professional. Right. So if you, if you have, if nothing, if, 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 uh, in addition to everything else that we've given you tonight, think about that, about being professional. That may take you out of the nice zone if you need to be professional. It doesn't have to go to the polar opposite, as Jacqueline said earlier, become a mean evil ogre. You can become professional. Absolutely, absolutely. And and, and thank you uh, uh, for, you know, reminding our listeners that this is the Mentor Me series. And as I mentioned before, this is just people who approached us and, and have seen us at networking events and they uh, had a particular issue or problem. And so each week, each episode, we're going to bring you a different uh, twist based on someone's real-life issue, concern, um, or, or challenge that they're, they're faced right now. And actually, you can submit uh, an issue or a, a challenge that you're having. We'd love to uh, feature yours on our show. So you can... Um, First of all, you can reach out to us uh, at techexpresso at yahoo.com. Um, and also, you can call us, actually, and leave a message. You're always welcome to call us. We are at 855-484-6837. Again, that's 855-484-6837. We're also on Twitter. We're also on Facebook. You can look for us under Tech Internship, because as a lot of you know, Technology Expresso also has a, a internship uh, placement program. That's why you'll you'll find us on Twitter and, and Facebook under Tech Internship. But do uh, reach out to us 
you can submit your question anonymously, or guess what? You can even call into the show, and we'll take calls live on our Mentor Me series. Yes, you can find all of that information at our website, technologyexpresso.com. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-O. And you'll find all those hashtags that are on the different social media platforms that are available for content. Very, very good. Great. Um, so let, let's just let's just hit a couple more uh, key tips, advice to people who are too nice. Um, like we said, you don't have to go to the other polar opposite and become, you know, a jerk. You still can do things nicely. And one of the ways, uh, another style, is to do it jokingly. You know, they always say within every joke is is uh, part of the truth hidden, and uh, a lot of people like to to do that. And and how I say that is, if somebody and we talked about this earlier, uh, that that scenario where I told you uh, the people on uh, the one young lady's team had figured out if they tell her a good story about you know or or, or an excuse uh, as far as their family, she has to let them work from home. And the next time someone approaches you, just simply say, now, are you trying to manipulate me? Are you taking advantage of me? You, you almost can say it jokingly, but even that, especially if you're not a confrontational person, will set them back a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's the first place I would go with that, you know. And, and, and then also say, you know, if, you know, looking at this, um, you know, I, I've got to look at, at the, the big picture here. So see it from my my angle as well. You know, that that's the other way that you can kind of do it. But, yeah, just jokingly ask them. Do you want to answer that? You think? Well, I wanted to uh, mention a book that, uh, as I mentioned, other books. Russ Edelman, the author of Nice Guys Can Get the Corner Office as well. Um, there's one thing that he said in that book. He said, softies need to toughen up. He wasn't advocating that people become jerks or SOBs, but they need to find a balance to stay true to their nice nature while also being appropriately assertive and protecting their interests. And that's kind of what I was talking about, being professional and not going to the polar opposite. You have to find the balance from that nice person that you are and the ogre that you don't want to be and find that medium where you can be assertive and move your project forward and gain the respect of your peers and the resources. Absolutely. I love that. that, that that's our, our new buzzword, appropriately assertive. You know, some people think that being assertive is a, a bad word, and, and, and it isn't. It, I, I like you put that appropriately assertive. There's a time and a place to set boundaries, and think about it. And every aspect of life, whether it's with your kids, whether it's with your, your spouse or your significant other or your parents, whatever the case is, you set boundaries. You know, and that goes back to you. You tell people and you set up the terms in which how people treat you, okay? Um, and, and that's why I said you can jokingly say, are, are you manipulating me? Are you, are you trying to take advantage of me? Um, because you're calling people to their attention that you are you you're trying to manipulate or, or take advantage of me, um, and I'm going to set a boundary. 
you know, that you know, that that just jokingly saying that that's maybe the first warning shot. The second time they they uh come back to you with that, that same issue, then that's when I'm gonna start to change my language and saying, you know what, this really is starting to feel like manipulation. Um, you know, and, and I really just want uh us to to set some boundaries here. She's, and again, it may be important for you to write a script and use some of these keywords and, and to have them on a notepad. Because quite honestly, if it's your nature, if you like being nice, if you don't like saying no, if you don't like confrontation, the only way you're going to adjust is through practice. And it's going to be too easy to avoid it and keep doing what you've always done so what you need to do is you need to have that little notepad with your go-to phrases. And you need to start marking how many times you use one of your go-to phrases and kind of celebrate that. You need to reward and acknowledge that you started using some of these go-to phrases. And I dare say even that if, for example, if your manager has been saying to you that you're too nice, um, or that uh, you're letting people take advantage of you, you can go to them and show them your progress because you can point out to them, hey, I've been using these new catchphrases, and this is I, I've been using them on a regular basis. You can give them some scenarios. This is your way of demonstrating that you're working on something that may have been pointed out as something you needed to work on. Yes, absolutely, and you can even not be so specific and say you're working on some new techniques. Sure. Mm-hmm. That way you that way your leadership doesn't they're not going to ask you what techniques those are, but as long as they're effective because that's what they want. They want you to be effective. They want you to deliver. It really doesn't matter if you're too nice or too mean, if you're effective. If you're not being effective, then you have to look at changing your strategy. Exactly, exactly. And, and, and like I said, you you really have to find out. And, and there's there's books. We've given you some examples of some books to read to, tonight. Um, and, and what we'd like to do, we'd like to hear from you. That's that's very important. This is a, a radio show, and even if you're listening to the archive edition, you can still call us, and we want to hear. Tell us what technique you've used. Tell us what type of reaction you got, um, or Maybe someone's listening and you have a, a technique or an advice or something that works for you. And, again, you can call us at 855-484-6837. We'd love to hear from you. Or you can email us at mentorme at techexpresso.com. That's mentorme at TechExpresso.com, um, and that goes to our general mailbox, and you'll hear from either David or I, and uh, you may we may reply and tell you that you your story may be uh, or your technique may be featured on our next show. So I'm not saying that we have all the answers. We're just trying to steer you. We're trying to give you a little bit of advice, give you some uh, real world scenarios, but we're here to facilitate. You know. Absolutely. Uh, we, we even talk, even from our experience, and, and we have different point of views and, and different experiences. Um, 
But I, I hope that everyone, as I see, you know, our time ticking down, I hope that everyone heard something that maybe inspired or motivated you, um, and I'd really like to hear uh, which one of these techniques you, you decided to, to implement. It, you're not going to change overnight. Just pick one, start working on that one on a regular basis, kind of track and journal yourself to make sure whether you're kind of putting little tick marks on your, your calendar, like, hey, I, I use this catchphrase or I use this technique, and, and, and see what progress. You may have some setbacks. Well, uh, there's one thing I, w I want to recant um, earlier when I mentioned using different techniques as opposed to um, telling your executive leadership what catchphrases you use. You can say you've been listening to this radio station on Blog Talk Radio called Tech Expresso Cafe Radio, and they give you a lot of insights on different techniques on how to uh, become a more effective uh, project manager. Uh, I'm t I'd be more than happy to uh, uh, allow you to uh, uh, use us in that manner. Um, as I mentioned earlier to Jacqueline uh, before the show, there's no smoking uh, gun here. There's no silver bullet to how to uh, manage your team from a psychological standpoint. Your PMP certification gave you a lot of mechanical tools but there, this is real talk here. This is about people and managing people. That uh, the PMP is the one to teach you that. Right. The psychology of project management. You'll have to go outside of the PMP for that. I've uh, mentioned several books. I talked about googling um, the psychology of project management. There are plenty of articles from all over the world about managing people and managing different personalities. I know there's something out there that's going to help you. So Google that and find your strength and find your power and find your energy and get things back on track and get the respect of your leadership. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I, I completely agree with everything you said. Um, just like anything else, if this is the area you need to work on, and this is something very important about Mentor Me and mentoring in general. You've got to put in the work. You can listen to us. You can take notes. You can nod your head. But if after this call you go back to business as usual and think that through osmosis somehow you'll be cured of, of that label or moniker of being uh, a reputation of being too nice, that's not going to happen. You've got to apply what we're saying, and you've got to apply it consistently. And even when you have setbacks, uh, you've got to keep applying it. That's how mentoring and coaching work. It's not just uh, you, you coming to us with a, a problem and uh, us waving a magic wand. And, and one of the things that I just want to say from my heart and, and from personal experience, um, everyone is from a perspective of having to confront an issue or doing things that are uncomfortable on their job, everybody has those aspects. Um, there are things that I would love to avoid and wish I didn't have to do, especially from a personnel perspective and, and managing people. But you learn to lean into your discomfort, and once you get through it, it's not as bad as you thought it was going to be. So you know, the most confident person that you see 
they have those moments where it's uncomfortable, but you kind of, you know, stand up straight and, you know, do that self-talk and tell yourself what's necessary, and you lean into that discomfort, and, and it too shall pass. So I still do get nervous and get uncomfortable, but I won't let it get in the way of me being affected. Definitely. You learn more from your discomfort, and you learn more from your failures and challenges than you do from your successes. That's true. Absolutely. Okay. And over time, you will see those failures and those challenges those challenges diminish because you will have mitigated those issues and they're no longer a problem for you. You manage them effectively and you can keep your projects and your tasks and your issues minimized and your projects moving forward. Absolutely, absolutely. So again, thank you for listening to Technology Expresso Tech X uh, Cafe, uh, our first episode of Mentor Me. I think that, you know, uh, I, I, I really enjoyed uh, talking to this particular topic. I look forward to the, the other topic. Um, the, the next one might be, are you too mean? But you stay tuned and then follow us on, on Twitter to find out when and what our next topic is going to be. And David mentioned something, um, that we also do coaching. We coach teams. We'll come on site. So if you have a team, if your company uh, has a team and wants us to come out, reach out to us uh, in that regard too because we can help get your whole team back on track. Uh, so keep us in mind, Tech Expresso, uh, and uh, stay tuned for, for more of our episodes. But uh, with that, I think that we can close out our first topic and our first show of Mentor Me. Again, I'm Jacqueline Sanders. I'm Dave Blackman. And thank you for joining us. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.